on the Paranormal XL podcast. Gigi here. Going to be kind of a shorter than normal episode. Well, for one, I am by myself. Mama Mary is not with me. And there's not really a whole lot on this um, poltergeist case that I was working on. It was the one from um, Rosenheim, Germany. So I got what I could. I tried to dig and dig and dig. I was trying to find history on the girl. Not much out there, which kind of sucked. But anyway, so... With all that, we have been like super busy with the podcasting things and our side hustles, of course, because we work our normal jobs. We do the podcast. I have another podcast. My Mary has another podcast. And we each have our shops on the side and our families. So, you know, we've been a little MIA, but the only reason for that is because we're kicking the podcast game up a couple notches for everybody. So we're pretty excited about that. All those things will benefit everybody, not just Mama Mary and I, but you as listeners. So that's pretty awesome. So with all that, we do appreciate you. So let's jump into another poltergeist case. Let's go to Rosenheim, Germany in 1967. So in this case, let's just get like what we know about the case. A young woman by the name of Anne-Marie Scharbel, an age of 19, went to work at the Adams Law Office in southern Bavaria in Rosenheim, Germany. I couldn't find much history on her, just that she did suffer from depression and they said that was caused from a rough relationship that she had with her father, which is never good. So after Anne started working in this office, strange things started to happen. One of the first things that is recorded is the calls to the talking clock. If you're old like me, that is the number that was set up to tell you the exact time. So like when you called it from your landline, it would tell you the time. The phone company charged the Sigma office six calls per minute. When they looked into it and tried to see if it could be done, they all said that it was physically impossible because of the time needed to actually punch in each number of the phone number and for the other end to pick up. So like, I don't know if it was like one of those rotary dial ones or, you know, they did have the ones with the buttons, but not very many people had that. But anyway... So time-wise, that just wasn't possible, they said, because it doesn't take effect until, I guess, the other side picks up. So you saw the take effect of her picking up the phone, doing all the dials, especially if it's a rotary phone, because those took forever. Uh, the next thing that was recorded was in October, they were noticing the lights swinging and rotating sockets and the lights turning on and off for no reason. They even called the electric company to investigate and they couldn't find any reasoning for these bizarre occurrences that were going on. They decided to try voltage meters. They recorded surges that should have blown the fuses, but guess what? There was no fuses blown. But wait, there's more. Then the printer started just randomly linking ink everywhere. Okay, so if that's ever happened to anybody, that really, really sucks. And I would guess that they had like one of those big uh, printers in a law office or in any type of office, business office. Uh, not fun. So I, I, that would just make me super, super upset, even I, even if it was a ghost. So as any good poltergeist story, it got out, you know, with the media and people talking and, oh my God, oh my God. So two physicists wanted to investigate the happening, so they did, and they ended the same way that they started, not knowing what the hell was causing everything. They thought they'd be able to walk in and be like, this, this, and this, and, you know, like, there's faulty wiring, there's, you know, it was just bad ink in there, or whatever, but they couldn't come up with anything. So at that point, the story had made it to Hans Bender, which he's from Fredsburg Institute of Parapsychological Research. Hans Bender started out how most of, like, how we start our investigations these days, whether it be at a business or your home, we uh, conduct interviews with the people that live there, have had experiences or haven't had experiences just to kind of see and, you know, put all the stories together. 
So, well, clearly he started by interviewing the employees and bringing in all possible ways to try to find the evidence of the paranormal. But with that, of course, he was, once everything got out after his investigation, people said that he didn't essentially, I guess, I don't want to put that, delve deep enough into it and keep going and didn't um, release a lot of the information. So, like, none of the official reports are said never to be put out into public. Um, Hans pretty much got bullied by the skeptics out there saying that he refused to admit that there could be any another explanation. But if you are an investigator or ghost hunter, you know, sometimes we want that evidence so bad, I think that we make ourselves believe that something happened, that we saw something or, or heard it. That's one thing, you know, that's awesome, but also frustrating about being in the paranormal. We search for answers and seem to want them so bad we essentially, you know, we end up playing tricks at one point or another with our own minds. I love to haunt and investigate, but I keep an open mind and go through all possibilities, no matter how silly they are, and never stop asking why, even like when I have that answer why. I think that it, what happened in this case, he was content with the answer that he got for himself, so he just stopped and left it alone, which is fine, but in my opinion, if you're in the public eye like that and you're doing this for more than just a hobby for yourself and to try to help others you know you need to keep digging and keep digging and be like yep this is what we got yep this is what we got from the sounds of it and how he wasn't giving out enough information to keep everybody else happy it was he oh what do I want to say he essentially like I said he was happy with his own answers but he was doing it for his his institute research like you keep going at that part you know like if you want the paranormal side of it and that you know, and then bring in the science part with the machines or electricians to find out things or whatever. I don't know. I personally don't think he went about it in the right direction. It was more for a personal thing. So I don't know. Maybe there's a connection between him and her. I have no idea. But like I said, my mind could go everywhere with this. But that's what's awesome about the paranormal stuff. So like I said, he should have kept digging, I think, knowing that this was going to be out because it's it was made publicized. The whole story was. So, like, we always try to find the answers, but none of them are ever set in stone. But we don't try. We don't stop. Like, you you want to keep going. Like, they're going to find a, a set in stone answer, but it's just not there. Anyway, I could go on forever with all that, as you guys can tell. So, Anne ended up leaving the law office and everything had stopped. Okay, so with that being said, a believer would say... It was her energy, and a skeptic would say, well, she was in on it and made those things happen. Again, in the para world, there is no set-in-stone answer. That is what keeps us going. What do you all think? Think back on the definition of poltergeist. Essentially, they are said to be your own energy. Sometimes, you know, it, it's your negative energy, and we need to put that somewhere so we it jumps out of us and creates this negative thing, and they're powerful. They, they can do things. So it would make sense... To some saying that it was her, but at what level? Was it the spiritual level? Uh, her meaning it was a poltergeist, or was it the physical level, like, seeking attention? Interesting case for sure, just not a lot out there. Like, I was trying to find information that other people didn't have, however, it's just not out there. Like, it's pretty just, this is what we have, because the the official reports were never put out so it's hard to go back and see yeah there are pictures out there but it doesn't really show a whole lot like the Enfield case very strange 
So I would love to know more about her and if these things happened to her before and after. I would even check into the history itself on the location as I always do because you just, it could be a series of things making this happen or why the poltergeist decided to come out at that location, her working there versus like at home since she was a kid or what have you. Negative follows negative. There's so many different aspects you can look, whether it be on the science side or the spiritual side. Again, I said this was going to be a short episode just because there wasn't a lot, so I do hope you enjoyed it. I really don't mind doing these shorter episodes. They are fun. I'm alone, so there's not like much banter, so that part kind of is sad. Uh, <laughs> but I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Kind of short, like I said. But if you or if you know anyone that's got more information on this one, let me know. I would love to chat. I also want to hear everyone's thoughts on Poltergeist. Email your stories in. Also, come see us September 4th in Charlotte, Michigan for Festival of Oddities and October 23rd in Holton Lake, Michigan for Witches Weekend. Keep a lookout on social media. We will be having some more announcements coming up. Maybe thinking of putting together another pair game show because that was like so much fun and we love doing the giveaways and stuff. So always a good time. So on that note, our email is paranormal at writeme.com. Send in your stories. Also, be on the lookout for True Crime XL. Been putting a lot into re-releasing that podcast. Um, We released it, uh, geez, quite a while ago now that I'm thinking about it. But I have like 15 cases locked up, ready to go. It's just putting everything in order so we can get them out there to you. So, wanted to essentially find the right direction I wanted to go with that podcast. That's why we took it off. Anyhow, so stay kind, stay humble, and remember, don't yuck someone else's yum ever.